I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast. Your home for deer hunting news, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Mark Kenyon. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kenyon. This is episode number 189, and today we are back with a late season edition of our Rut Radio episodes, and we're getting updates from deer hunters across the country about the latest on deer movement, deer behavior, and the tactics that you can be working on right now to fill that late season tag. Alright, welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast brought to you by Sitka Gear. And here today, we are doing one of our Rut Radio episodes in which we are checking in with a series of hunters from all across the country to get the latest on what's happening in the Whitetail Woods. So we're talking to people about the deer activity they're seeing, how deer are behaving, how they are reacting to different sets of weather factors and conditions, um, what kind of tactics are working, all that kind of good stuff so that when you head to the woods next, you have the most recent and relevant information to help you uh, fill those final tags of the season. And even though November's in the rearview mirror and a lot of writing activity we would expect to see is, is, is you know, in the past, there's still a lot of good hunting to come. And so uh, that's what we're going to be talking about today. With me to help us do that is uh, the one and only tag-filling machine, Spencer Newharth. Uh, it's almost ridiculous. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's hard for me to even know what I've been doing wrong to have such a season opposite of yours because it seems like everywhere I go, everything I do, the deer are doing the opposite thing. But you, every place you go, every time you're in the woods, seemingly you are punching a tag. You you just killed an elk in like seven minutes or something probably like that. Um, <laughs> can you tell us really quick what happened there? Well, in South Dakota, uh, we have the Black Hills here, just an island of mountains in the western part of the state. And although a cow elk to most people further west of here is is not a big deal, in South Dakota, there's only like a few hundred uh, of those tags given out. And so I am a flatlander being from the eastern part of the state. So getting a cow elk was was really cool. And uh, that was December 1st that I was able to fill that tag. That was the opening day for that hunt so it was just a a fun way to to open up the winter months here in south dakota and since i am pretty much done deer hunting at this point uh that that was a 
a cool way to to take my mind off of not being able to chase whitetails anymore. And it was a, a rifle hunt for a cow, like I said. So I am now looking on to 2018 for the most part with that cow elk tag filled. Man, that is awesome. And uh, killing a cow elk, I mean, killing any elk is such an accomplishment. Um, and just that meat, oh my gosh, that meat is so good. I'm, I'm very, very jealous. You've got a freezer full of, of elk. Um, so you killed a giant whitetail with your bow in a couple days. You killed another big South Dakota whitetail with a rifle. You killed another big mule deer with a rifle. You killed a cow elk with a rifle. You what'd you kill some kind of swans some like paddlefish <laughs> uh you killed like a world record turkey um, yeah. what haven't you killed this year dude <laughs> uh we're running out of things so we better just get to 2018 so i can get some new tags in my pocket. oh gosh dude that's exciting <laughs> yeah yeah so, i am just pass along some of this luck to the rest of us and our listeners and uh that being said do you have anything uh, as far as a deer activity report or anything that you want to share for, for South Dakota or anything? Or do you want me to share anything from my recent experiences? Well, I'll tell you a little bit about South Dakota. Um, if, if I still was hunting, I'd be very excited for this coming week because we just got like one of our first good snowstorms, uh, and that snow was going to stick around for a while. And so up until now, we've had some really mild weather, like days where it was hitting 70 degrees, setting record uh, temperatures and uh this big snowstorm we've gotten in this cold front where it's in the teens on a regular basis, that's going to change a lot of things. It'll change where the deer are bedding. Um, they're definitely going to seek out, uh, you know, where they can get out of the wind, where they can get out of the cold. So those shelter belts are going to become a big deal and anything else where it's going to push them out of the CRP and push them out of some of those sloughs most likely, and then move them to the food sources that, you know, we always look for in December. So I'd be really excited for this coming week and, and, you know, looking forward to patterning some bucks that have not been doing a normal winter pattern up until now. Yeah. Yeah. Ditto. Ditto from here in, here in Michigan. It's been very mild lately. And just kind of last night and today, we've had a cold front pushing through. It was in the 50s. You know, this, uh, what's today? Today's Tuesday. Is that right? Um, so it was in the 50s over the weekend. And now today and tomorrow, it's dropping to like 20s. So good cold front i'm gonna start hunting here again i'm excited about that um i think that like you said while we don't have the snow where i'm at i do think the cold temperatures will get deer moving um interestingly um i won't go into too much detail about the what actually happened but i was hunting in ohio the past four days well last thursday through sunday i was hunting down ohio and even though it was warm out um it was pretty warm like 50s uh I saw a pretty decent amount of deer activity um, on a late season food source, cut cornfield, um, and I saw mature bucks three out of four nights, moving pretty early in the day too, an hour before dark or so. Um, and I'm, I'm wondering if that could be attributed uh, to the moon situation we had last week. Now, we've talked moon on the Wired Hunt podcast a lot. Um, I still don't know what i think but a lot of people a lot of good hunters do say that there's some kind of correlation who knows but people like the Drury's or a number of other folks like to talk about when you've got a moon that is rising early in the evening during the daylight hour still or when you've got a moon that's still up in the morning before or you know after daylight in the morning so 
Last week, we had a moon that was rising early. It was rising like an hour, hour and a half before dark. And um, I spoke with Terry Drury the day that I started hunting down there, and he was talking about the fact that he thought these next few days were going to be really good for afternoon movement because of that. Um, so I don't know if that was the case or not, but it was just an interesting thing that I did see the sightings um, that you're supposed to see with that kind of moon phase. Don't I can't say confidently that it is that was the case, but it was an interesting observation that I thought was worth passing along. Well, another Ohio report we have this week is from Eric Long at Drumming Log Wildlife Management. Then we go to Alabama from Southern Roots Outdoors is Adam Bice. Then we talk to Gerard Sicelli from Rat Gitter Sense in New Jersey. And then we go to my home state of South Dakota. And at Daybreak Ranch, we talk to Jake Gregis. Excellent. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, tuning into this one myself and getting the reports. And then uh, I'm going to try to take some of that info, put it to use on my next couple days of hunting here because I'm excited to get in the woods and try to make something happen in Michigan. So unless you have anything else to add, Spencer, I think we should uh, wrap this one up and get to those reports. I don't have anything new, but you sound rejuvenated, Mark. It sounds like you are uh, ready to get hunting again. A A little different than the last couple times I've talked to you. Yeah, you know, I am feeling better. I think I'd kind of ran myself into the ground in November um, between, you know, you know how much I was hunting and then I was traveling so much towards the end of November um, that it, it feels good to be home. I've caught up on sleep, uh, taken a little time away from the woods, and then uh, now I'm back at it, rejuvenated. I'm excited and I just feel like, uh, you know, it's been a tough season for me so far, but maybe that's because uh, I'm due for a great December. So that's what I'm going to hope for. That's got to be it. I'll talk to you next week, Mark. Thanks, Spencer. Before we get to our first update, though, let's pause to thank our sponsors at Sitka Gear. And for this week's Sitka story, we're joined by Mike Massey, who tells us about a Yukon hunt that ended with one of the biggest caribou in Pulp and Young history. All right, so I'll tell you about a fun little hunt I had this year. It was uh, the Yukon hunt. It was my caribou that actually made the top 50 uh, Pulp and Young, uh, eighth largest caribou killed with a bow in the last uh, eight years so it was really pretty cool special hunt to me my dad had uh passed away the exact day i flew out into the bush uh a year from that day um got out there got to camp <laughs> the horses were gone took us six hours to get the horses back to base camp so the next day we uh spiked out eight hour horseback ride setting up the wall tent we uh we noticed some caribou working the uh, edge of this plateau that was about a mile away from spike camp um, I kept going on there periodically, just taking a look, and uh, to my surprise, I went back there one time and just saw this thing, and I, I haven't seen too many caribou. I mean, I probably put it into maybe a couple hundred caribou in my life, but I called the guide over here, and I said, you got to look at this thing. Well, he basically told me to get my stuff now in very nice terms. Well, about an hour and a half later, we had that thing on the ground, stocked up, made an amazing stock, newer terrain. What an absolute just one one heck of a hunt you know just knowing your terrain from the guide that's how we got this thing killed really really cool hunt on mike's hunt he was wearing Sitka's mountain pants and mountain vest if you'd like to create a Sitka story of your own or to learn more about Sitka's technical hunting apparel visit sitkagear.com all right and joining us on the line first is eric long the owner of drumming log wildlife management in ohio now, Eric, in Ohio, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of 1 to 10? Out of 1 to 10, I would say it's a 5. And the reason being is that um, we're coming off our, you know, firearm season, our gun season. 
which is a week long. Um, it ended this past Sunday and, um, you know, everything's just disoriented. Everything's kind of messed up, but the activity like off the cameras and stuff, there's, it's just starting to pick back up. They're starting to be on their feet again and, you know, doing some little bit of chasing still. So, so with coming so, off that gun season, uh, would you say that that changes where the deer are bedding or does it make them more nocturnal? What do you think is going on there? All the above, all the above, the, you know, the amount of pressure, you know, Ohio, we like to think of it as being a rural state and it kind of is, but it's getting very urbanized and um, it's it just amount of pressure, you know, the amount of cover versus pressure. So these deer, you know, they get thrown off their pattern um, a lot, which is obvious. Everybody kind of knows that from, you know, the orange brigade out there, if you will. Um, so yeah, they're, you know, they're just kind of, yeah, they're just, they're nocturnal. They're, they're, um, you know, they're not really eating where they should be eating, you know, um, where we'd like to have them eat, but, um, yeah, it's just, it's going to take a little bit. So as somebody looking to counter that, uh, what are your tactics then for this next week or so as those deer are, uh, you know, coming off that gun season? Patience. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the hardest uh, thing to do is be patient because it will, um, they will get settled down. I mean, being in the Midwest, obviously we got, it's been mild weather. Um, but you know, the forecast is, you know, it's going to get back to normal, you know, some uh, snow, some cold, which will get them back on their feet, you know, and, um, looking for those food sources. Um, I know when you do some management, you know, those bucks, you know, when you practice QDM, it's a short, intense rut. And those deer lose a lot of weight. So they're going to be wanting to, um, you know, get their weight back on them for, uh, for this upcoming growing season. So, Do you feel an influx of new bucks this time of year um, once they're looking for food and uh, coming off the pressure of that gun season? Yeah, I mean, not like what you would think. I mean, at least, you know, obviously it's, uh, you know, all that's regional and property to property. But as a whole, you know, um, just the, the influx, the places that I've been managing and stuff, we really don't have that, uh, per se, you know, um, cause they're larger properties. That's why, you know, but the guys that own 50, 60 acres, obviously they're going to have an influx of new deer, you know, in those areas. But as a whole, eh, you know, it's not too crazy. Well, looking beyond, uh, this next week, like you, you just talked about having some patience. So the rest of December, what would be some of your favorite tactics to use to maybe get a mature buck on the ground? Food. <laughs> yeah. Food. You know, those deer are run by two things, uh, ladies and in their belly. And, um, yeah, so it's just food, especially in the, you know, the harsh conditions, hard, you know, weather wise, you know, they're going to be on their feet looking for food and, and not necessarily food plots, especially, you know, for the people that do manage, you know, those thicker areas, you know, that native vegetation that I always preach, um, those areas, you know, they're going to be where it's cover equals food. Um, I know I beat that like a dead horse, but I say it for a reason, you know, um, with the amount of pressure and stuff like that, that, that occurred last week, you know, those deer are not going to feel comfortable being exposed. So they're, you know, those thicker areas that, you know, that has uh, food value to it. Those are the areas you kind of want to concentrate on, but that's just my opinion. Well, this time of year, I think a lot of hunters uh, start to shift towards evening sits and and rightfully so with food being the focus, but do you have any favorite morning setups that you like to use? Yeah, I mean, I do. Um, uh, You know, it's not necessarily obviously food plots, but you know, that position from food to bedding area, you know, try to 
get them in that in between those like that. Um, but that's really it in the morning aspect, of, you know, from food to bedding. Well, going forward then this next week or so, what do you think that buck activity is going to be on a scale of one to 10 in Ohio? Well, I like to think it'd be a lot higher due to the weather and, you know, the second rut. Um, the rut has been all over the place uh, here, at least in the area that I've been hunting and managing in those places in Ohio. Um, you, you know, I would like to say six, seven, eight, but, you know, it's hard telling. It depends on the weather. And, you know, um, we have our second gun season coming up, like the 18th or I think the third week, the third weekend um, before Christmas, that is. And, um, that's going to throw things off a little bit again, but, um, yeah, I would like to say it's six, seven, eight, but it all depends on the weather and the amount of pressure that people are going to be putting forth on the landscape. So, well, good luck with what's left of your season, Eric. And thanks for joining me. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. All right. And joining us on the line next from Southern Roots Outdoors in Alabama is Adam Weiss. Now, Adam, in Alabama, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of 1 to 10? Uh, over the last uh, 10 days or so, I'm going to say probably around a 3 to 4. It's been really hot down here lately, like it's been across a lot of the states. Um, still a few weeks away from the rut in a lot of places, but some other places have seen some action going on early. Our deer herds just kind of vary uh, throughout most of the state. So depending on where you are, you may have already seen some rutting activity, and you may be three or four weeks away from it in other parts. Had a really good early gun season. Gun season opened up for us on November the 15th. But since then, it's kind of been slow. Like I said, weather, moon phase has really hurt us a little bit and had a really big mass crop this year throughout pretty much everywhere that I've heard of. Well, Adam, early okay. to mid-December here, uh, lay out the difference for me from north to south in Alabama. Uh, what phases the rut you think they're in, and what's going on with those buck move, with that buck movement? Yeah, a lot of places, it's not even so much north to south as it is herd by herd. Uh, there's a lot of people that hunt out in east Alabama, even southeast Alabama, they'll tell you that they see a lot of their prime, heavy chasing activity around Thanksgiving, uh, up around the northern part of the state, close to the Tennessee line, you'll see it around Thanksgiving uh, up to probably last weekend was the big bulk of their rutting activity. And then as you move farther south or if you move in different pockets, you might not see any rutting activity at all until late January. Um, we actually had to extend our season in Alabama to February the 10th, about I think it was three or four years ago, because of so many late ruts and people just missing out on it totally because our season was ending in January. So it kind of just varies where you're at. For where we are in central Alabama, where our lease is, I'm saying our best dates are probably going to be somewhere around January 10th to the 15th, usually. My favorite days to hunt are the 6th through the 8th. Those are my three favorite days to be in the woods, uh, just because that's when we see the most mature bucks uh, looking for does, looking for those first receptive ones coming in. Being about a month off of uh, the best rutting activity where you're at in central Alabama, are you starting to see an increase in sign making as far as rubs and scrapes? Absolutely. I found my first real heavy ground sign, not this past Saturday, but the Saturday before that. found a couple of really good scrape lines going through a big travel corridor, starting to see some scrapes on the edge of greenfields. Um, it's starting to, like I said, it's starting to heat up a little bit. They're starting to be on their feet. A lot of it's nighttime activity, just looking at camera pictures and stuff like that. But 
just seeing that sign get laid down is always uh, exciting, I guess. How aggressive are you then this time of year? Are you only hunting evenings at this point, or will you do some morning sits? We definitely do some morning sits. Um, the good thing about Alabama, the kind of the, the positive and the negative is we don't have a lot of crops. We don't have a lot of row, uh, row crops out there. But what we get is a lot of timber company land. And with that timber company land comes big 50, 60, 100-acre cutovers. And after those cutovers have been done for three or four years, that gets thick and nasty. And those bucks love to bed up in those cutovers. And you can access those on the edges. And we have such an extended rifle season down here. You can reach out and touch them and, and sit there and watch their bedding area in the mornings. And if one has to stand up for anything, that's when you get the chance at them. Um, so we definitely still do the morning hunts. And the afternoon hunts are a little bit more low-pressure hunts, a lot of green fields, um, acorn flats away from bedding. Um, but right now, you know, it's, it's still really kind of a conservative thing. We haven't really got in there after them in, right in their core areas yet. Well, do you see weather play a big role uh, during this part of the season? Oh, yeah. Right now, the weather fronts are going to be what makes you successful or not successful. Um, the deer aren't necessarily up during daylight unless it is right. Um, over the last week or so, we've had temperatures around 70 every day, and the deer movement has just dropped off to almost nothing. Um, the people who I've talked to that have been hunting have maybe seen one a day. But um, this weekend, we've got a big cold front pushing through. Actually, the rain's about to get to, rain's about to, get to me in about an hour, and once that rain pushes through we're going to drop from a high 72 today to a low I mean, to a high 46 tomorrow and uh that's a big swing down here for us and i think that the next couple of days are going to be really good down here we got some sun peeking through on friday saturday and sunday when a majority of our hunters are going to be in the woods and you'll definitely see some deer hit the ground out of alabama this weekend going forward then this next week or so what do you think that buck activity is going to be on a scale of one to ten buck activity i'm going to say it should bump up to a seven or so over the next week or uh, over the next week. I don't think that it's going to be anything just crazy because we're not really, uh, we are still a couple weeks off from the rut in most places, but just the sheer temperatures are going to get them up on their feet. And the fact that it's going to drop down to the low freezing at night and those green fields are going to frost over. They're going to get up and try and eat before the frost hits. And then after the frost burns off, you should see some moving around trying to get some stuff too. Well, Adam, I'm envious that the the best days of hunting are still to come for you. So good luck to you and the rest of Team Southern Roots. Appreciate it, man. Have a great day. Before we get to our next caller, though, let's pause to thank our sponsors at Whitetail Properties. And this week with Whitetail Properties, we are joined by Neil Hogger, a land specialist out of Wisconsin. And Neil is going to be telling us about red flags that buyers should be alerted to when looking at a property. Well, the typical answer for that is, you know, the, the neighborhood is always important. If you have a poor neighborhood, that's not going to be good. But uh, secondly, I might add in there, you know, the numbers is your, are your goals in line with the number of deer that are there. If you're a trophy hunter or not, are you looking for numbers? You're just looking to have a good time hunting. So those are two important things that you could do your research and basically just find the data. And if the data says, you know, tells the story of what you're looking for, then you would buy it. If not, you wouldn't buy it. But Two things that people might not think about that I come across on a fairly regular basis are mineral rights and perhaps abandoned septics, privies, which are outhouses in northern Wisconsin, uh, abandoned wells. These are 
uh, hazards or potential hazards that are kind of hidden from the average guy. If you don't uh, look into it, you might have yourself uh, a bill to remove those. So if you don't have a budget to take care of the hazards, then it'd be wise maybe to not buy that property. And those are some things I definitely would look for for reasons not to buy a property. If you'd like to learn more and to see the properties that Neil currently has listed for sale, visit whitetailproperties.com backslash hogger. That's H-A-U-G-E-R. All right, and joining us on the line next is Gerard Sicelli, the owner of Rat Gator Sense. Now, Gerard, in New Jersey, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of 1 to 10? Uh, I would give it 1 to 10 a 6. I'm not seeing many, many big bucks moving, but there is a second rut going on. Uh, that's definitely something that is going on. I had some chasing of a half-rack big 8-point yesterday, but it's been mostly small bucks on the move. Uh, consistent movement also, daylight and nighttime activity. So with that secondary rut uh, that you've been seeing, have you seen uh, some more sign making as far as rubs and scrapes? Yes, a lot of rubs have been being made, and I have seen and I have footage, obviously, of using my some of my products in uh, activity on scrapes. It's been consistent of small bucks and the appearance of a bigger buck every now and then, but there are hitting scrapes, and they're definitely making a lot of rubs right now. Are there any weather fronts coming through that, that you are keen to as far as that's going to change any movement in New Jersey? Well, we definitely have a big drop coming uh, temperature-wise. It's definitely going to drop. And maybe in the forecast in a week or so, there is some snow to be coming, but definitely going to be a big drop into the 20s, possibly even into the teens, depending on the wind chill. Well, how does gun season change things for you guys? Uh, I know you guys have like a six-day season taking place right now. How does that change the deer movement? Uh, and have you been hearing of any success with that so far? Oh, there's there's a ton of success out there. Guys have been really taking a lot of bucks uh, during the gun season. Um, it's mostly a lot of early action, buck going from feeding to bedding area. And then, they're you know, these guys are hunting on edges of fields or things of that nature. And, you know, they're getting some shots and some good bucks. Um, but there's uh, a lot of movement out there and mostly due to, you know, guys getting in the woods and moving deer around, whether it's walking in or walking out or going to drag out a deer or something, and they're pushing deer around. Deer are definitely moving, especially, you know, on state property, public property, where there's a lot of guys hunting and, you know, moving around and cold weather has something to do with obviously guys keeping themselves warm and walking around. There's a lot of guys that do hunt on the ground. So uh, definitely guys being in the woods definitely pushing the uh, movement in the animal from state property, maybe to private properties. And that's kind of what I'm saying. Well, you referenced food sources a little bit earlier. What are some of your favorite food sources this time of year to focus on in New Jersey? I, I, I freshly have a, a fresh cut cornfield that borders one of our properties. And there's a lot of movement of, of deer in the evening coming through, looking to feed. Uh, they can tell, you know, their bodies and their senses definitely can tell that there is a cold front coming on and what type of the year it is. And there's a lot of um, black oaks that I'm noticing that are falling. And I have a couple of areas that I'm going to be hunting over the next few days that uh, have a lot of action on them. These black oaks normally have fallen completely maybe about a month ago or three weeks ago, but they're falling heavily right now in, in my specific area um, on quite a few trees. And the ground is just torn up. The deer are just trying to put on that body fat 
you know, there's not a lot of food sources out there. And once they find those trees, they are on them consistently. Now, do you have any preferences for this time of year uh, as far as early to mid-December as some scents or attractants to be using in the woods? Well, you know, this state does allow baiting, which, you know, obviously a lot of guys do take advantage of that. So, you know, corn mixed in some of my products, scented products, attractants, uh, corn, sweet corn scent, uh, pumpkin, I've known at this time of the year is a big attractant, whether it be pumpkins or scented pumpkin, uh, which I do make a pumpkin scent, and it really, they really like it a lot. Uh, anything of acorn, because it is just very much attractive to them, uh, they want that body fat on, and a lot of it comes from acorn. So once they pick up on that acorn scent, they definitely, you know, want to come in and investigate. Um, we also have our bear season going on at the same time, uh, which makes it a really, really unique season because you can hunt bears and deer in the same week. And we have kind of a change of governor, so we're hoping guys are getting out there and hunting because we our bear hunting may be a thing of the past if this governor has his way with things. Well, going forward then in this next week or so in New Jersey, what would you say the buck activity is going to be on a scale of 1 to 10? If you're hunting around food sources, I would imagine you definitely will see some bucks. Uh, you know, bucks are bigger, bigger bucks or smaller bucks. You know, that's always what's in your area. But you'll definitely see some buck moving around those food sources as, as things get more scarce and colder. Um, on rut activity, you'll see some. There's definitely some younger fawns or a year and a half that are coming in now or that are latecomers that are coming in that are definitely going to uh, – you know, attract some attention from Bucks, and that's like what I've seen yesterday. All right, Gerard. Well, good luck with the rest of your season, and thanks for joining me. I appreciate it, buddy. Thank you. All right, and joining us on the line last in the great state of South Dakota is Jake Gregus, a guide with Daybreak Ranch. Now, Jake, in South Dakota, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of 1 to 10? I'd probably have to say somewhere around 2 or 3. The, the main rut's tailed off. There's still a few bucks snooping around does, but no no real pursuit or chasing going on, um, at least until the, the secondary rut that should be should be starting up here with a few of the, the doe fawns coming into estrus. But for the most part, bucks are, are on a you know winter pattern, bed to feed. They're still hanging in with doe groups, but, but you don't see them chasing or, or really dogging does. Well, you just referenced that secondary rut. Uh, do you have any favorite tactics uh, during that secondary rut, or are you still just looking for food like most guys this time of year? Yeah, I would say wherever you get high concentrations of does to to be checking there. Uh, I see a lot of the bucks hanging with you know anywhere from five to fifteen does, and they they basically follow the does from from cover to feed and, and back in the morning. So they're kind of, they're still hanging around and still showing a little interest in, in the does, but, but not really. It's kind of a, a winter pattern. And, and, uh, I don't, I don't see a lot of bucks off on their own. There's usually a couple other bucks around them and, and then a few does. Now, a lot of South Dakota just got hit with a winter storm here early this week. How does that change things for bedding uh, that you see? And I know you, you have a lot of ground to look at uh, and a lot of deer. How does the bedding change where they're at now versus where they were a couple weeks ago? Yeah, so a couple weeks ago, we've had a really, really good fall. Uh, the deer are looking really good going into this winter. 
So the weather, with the weather being so nice, they don't have to be in good good cover. They can live out in the middle of the, the wide open in the prairie and, and be totally fine. Um, when we get snow and fronts like we did yesterday, we we got about an inch or two of snow and the wind was blowing 45, 50 mile an hour at times. Uh, right before that front, I actually saw a couple hundred deer on the downwind side of some really good uh, shelter belts and good thermal cover. And I saw about 70 deer in a single file line coming over the hill from a mile or two away headed for that same that same uh, hay yard cover. So uh, they're bunching up and, and they know when those winter storms are coming. So I would say for, you know, it's changed from deer being spread out, not too worried about winter to kind of in the, you know, an instant there, they're in winter mode and, and uh, staying close to better cover. Do you think that there are any other big changes from here uh, through the rest of the season, which ends in 2018 uh, as far as bedding and food? Or do you think what you're going to see the deer doing now is going to be the same thing that they're doing three weeks from now? I think it'll be similar, uh, at least around here. You know, this isn't really a hard winter, you know, winter weather right now. And the deer don't need to really be near thick cover necessarily. You know, the sun will come out in a day or two. And, and yeah, there might be an inch of snow on the ground, but, but that's nothing for uh, South Dakota or, or, you know, northern deer. So they'll spread out again a little bit uh, until the next big front. Um, but I don't see any big changes really other than some of these doe fawns might be coming into estrus. So you might see a little more activity of bucks, maybe cruising a little bit, looking for some of them, you know, downwind sides of bedding areas or, or still really following does along instead of branching off on their own and doing their own thing yet. So otherwise I would say pretty similar to this, unless we get a real wicked, storm or something uh, i see it kind of staying the same i looked at the the extended forecast and it looks like 30s every day maybe 40 a few days so um it you know it's not real what i would say the the bad winter weather yet so they'll be spread out again going forward then in this next week or so what do you think that buck activity is going to be on a scale of one to ten in south dakota I would say it's going to be right around that two or three again with maybe, you know, a few days in there where it might spike up to four or five if, if there are enough of those dolphins coming into estrus for this, what you'd call a secondary rut. You know, certain areas you might see a lot of it. Some places you might not see anything for, for bucks showing interest in, in does and and just focus on hunting food sources and, and bedding and back and forth all right jake well good luck with that remaining muzzleloader tag and thanks for joining me all right thanks spencer appreciate it and that concludes this week's episode of wired hunts rut radio we want to thank our sponsors sitka whitetail properties whitetail institute yeti matthews maven huntera and trophy ridge and we thank you guys for listening Hope you're staying warm out there hunting this early December as the snow and the cold move in. And as always, stay wired to hunt.
So before we move on, let's take a quick second to thank our partners at Whitetail Properties. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. You simply pour a can into your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. So pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more. 